You're listening to the Gateway Franklin Church Podcast. To learn more about Gateway Franklin Church, including our service times here in Franklin, Tennessee, visit us online at gatewayfranklin.com. And now, here is this week's message. Amen. Well, this morning I get the honor and privilege, and it is an honor and privilege to share on Student Blessing Sunday. Uh, I know we've been in a great series, and so we're just going to take a pause for today. I may reference some of our series within the message, because I believe I want our kids to go in the Spirit of God and and flow in the gifts of God in their school. But uh, today I want to talk about two words, and the topic today is difference makers. Everybody say difference makers with me. There's no doubt that in our society, uh, our kids deal with a lot different things than we deal maybe when we were a kid. Now, I'm 35. Some of you have uh, lived uh, probably double my life, and so you may have seen a different era of life than I have, and then now I know that I've seen a different era of life that these kids are seeing, and what I realized is every era has had its struggles and challenges, has had its issues that they've had to, mountains they've had to climb and valleys they've had to go through, and what I did realize that from then till now, God is still the same. Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so there's good news here today that although our world may be crazy and anxiety and depression and low self-esteem and suicidal thoughts may rise up, you know that God can rise up louder when we raise up difference makers in this room. Amen? I'm already getting heated up. I just started. And today I don't want to focus so much on the problem because we do know there's a problem in our society. Me and Kim, we are, our oldest kid just went to middle school this past Friday for half day. Um, one thing I realized about middle school is they need more supplies than the elementary kids do. I thought that I would get less stuff and I'd be able to have a better, uh, more money in my pocket after, but I realized they needed calculators that were double the price of what I paid for all the elementary stuff. Anyways, what I realized is not only was he going into a new environment, But parents before me that have had middle school kids have told me some of the struggles because it's an initial difference in having a locker and and learning how to work that code and and wondering why I can't figure it out because I forgot my digits to my code and just all these different pressures of all these kids walking around with different issues and then you realize, oh my gosh, my kid is getting older, which means he's going to start getting exposed to things that he didn't get exposed to in elementary school. And then as they get older, they get exposed to other things. And just what I want to tell you, I have a good report as a student pastor that although things are going crazy, I believe that there is a generation that's rising up that's going to be difference makers in their schools, difference makers in their home, difference makers in their jobs. And it's our job to raise them up. But we have to trust that when we let them go to school, when we release them, that difference makers are walking into every school in Winston County and Murray County. Do I have some parents that just agree with me that we're sending out difference makers difference makers simply do one thing you ready for this revelation they make a difference difference makers make a difference no matter what area they're in no matter what place they go to difference makers walk into a room and though they walk into a room things begin to change If you've been on a sports team or maybe you started in a business venture or you've been a part of maybe a drama club, what you realize is it seems like there are difference makers within that situation that helps you to be successful. Now, I'm not teaching a business class today, but what I realize is you got to get some difference makers on the team if you're going to go to a level you've never been before. 
If you think about a sports team, I'm sure many of you, you can think right now, uh, you, you, know, you guys probably have the worst record, but the only reason why you only had one win is because you had a difference maker. At least that one win is relegated to you have difference makers on the team. Anytime you see these championship teams, there were difference makers that took it to a next, next level, that took it to a place that maybe the rest couldn't do. I'm reminded of this past March Madness. Uh, you guys, if you watch March Madness, some of you, college basketball, St. Peter's, uh, they were, I think, ranked 15. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but ranked 15, and they were beating teams they shouldn't have beat. But you know why? It wasn't because uh, one guy was holding the ball all game. It's because there were some difference makers decided, today's my day. Today, I'm going to help us get there. And they just began to defy the odds and, and defy the odds, and they got to places in that bracket that they shouldn't have gotten to. Why? Because it wasn't about one person. It was about on the behalf of this team, I'm going to be a difference maker. And I want to see at Gateway students that rise up and say, you know what? Yeah, anxiety's crazy in my generation. Yeah, depression's crazy. Yeah, drugs and alcohol and addictions are on an all-time high. But in the middle of all that, I want to be a difference maker. I want to share them that Jesus can heal them. Jesus can save them. Jesus can redeem them. Jesus can deliver them. And I want to be the difference maker. Today, we're going to go back and forth between encouragement to parents and encouragement to students, but today, I want to encourage and challenge us that we have no more time to sit on the sidelines and wonder if everybody else will do it. Today's the day to make a decision in the 2022 and 2023 school year that I'm going to be the difference maker that brings about revival and change in my school. Yeah, you know what? Some of the greatest difference makers will never be known. You'll never hear their name, but it's because they got down like the grandmas and the grandpas that prayed when nobody was looking. And that's why you're still in this room today because the prayer of the saints before you. I'm getting churchy now. But I'm thankful for my grandma. I'm thankful for my grandpa. I'm thankful for the generations before me that didn't need a name. They didn't need a spotlight. But they got on their knees and prayed and made a difference for the generations to come. So today I want to look at Matthew chapter 5. I want us to dive together where Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount. And before I get to my main text for today, I want to look at uh, as he starts off his Sermon on the Mount on the Beatitudes. And he shares with us what, is, what the Beatitudes are, the product of fruitful life in the kingdom of God. And he starts talking to his disciples about the Beatitudes and about how this is, this is the blessing. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the meek. I want to read it real quick. Matthew 5, 3 through 10. It says this, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In other words, in being a part of this kingdom, there is sacrifice. There is a process of blessing has to come from a process of living a product of the spirit, spiritual life and the fruit of the spiritual life in the kingdom of God. We've talked for, for week after week now about the gifts of the spirit and fire and wind and what the spirit of God does in our life. And that's what I'm believing at, at, at Gateway and in GSM at Gateway students and even kids that we raise up students that are filled with the spirit that understand that environments are opportunities for God to show up. Environments aren't for us to back away and get on the sideline, but environments 
environments and opposition is an opportunity to put our faith into action and to be a difference maker wherever we go. I know that God is doing something because what he's doing on kids every Sunday. I know what he's doing because I see on Wednesdays when students are in the altar letting go of depression and letting go of anxiety and saying, Jesus, here I am. I give you my life. I see that there is a generation that wants God and wants to see a revival. And I've just come to encourage you. They can say that our generation is done. They can give you stats to show that there's no hope. But I come to tell you as a youth pastor in this generation, there is hope. There is, pr- there is a, a generation that's coming coming with a message, and his name is Jesus. And we've been called to raise up difference makers. He tells his disciples all these beatitudes, and then he says, you know what? In verse 13 through 16, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. These two things that he just called the disciples, these two things that he just pointed out are what we call difference makers. Salt and life are difference makers, uh, salt and light rather, are difference makers to anything that they come in contact with. Somebody makes you some food and it has no flavor, what do you do? You get the salt shaker and you pour the salt on it. They even use salt in ancient days for healing. They use salt in ancient days for even fertilizer. And we know that salt makes us thirsty. And so salt, there's something powerful about salt that when it is released to the environment that it touches, it changes that environment. In the same token, when light comes into a room, darkness is the absence of light, but when light shows up, darkness has to leave. But you know that darkness isn't a lack of potential, it's a lack of light. Because I can go into a dark room that has a lot of potential, but the only reason the potential hasn't been activated is because there's no light to expose the potential. And I want to tell you, you're going into your schools, you're going into your jobs, educators, you're going into classrooms with 20 or 30 kids that has potential, and you're walking to a dark place spiritually. But I believe that as you activate the light, potential starts popping up, and you start to see kids that desire for more of him and desire for a revival, and all that depression and anxiety has to subside when the light of Jesus comes in a room so it doesn't speak to a lack darkness does not speak to a lack of potential it just speaks to a lack of light and he's calling and challenging you today you be the light that walks into the dark places he's called you to be the light as Christians like salt we are of great value as Christians like salt we're a preservative for the decay around us you say, well, Pastor Ryan, I don't know if me, if, my, if just me can walk into a school and, and preserve anything. I don't have enough power. I'm not asking you to walk in your power. The power of Jesus living on the, the same power that rose him from the dead is on the inside of you, the spirit of God, the, the Ruach, the God, the spirit that we've been talking about for eight or nine weeks now, the, the spirit of God that activates gifts. That's what I'm talking about. That's the light. By the spirit of God, you're going to walk in with the salt and light and be a difference to everywhere you go. God wants to raise up difference makers in 2022. 
like Christian salt, or to make people thirsty for the living water. The Holy Spirit draws and he uses people like you and me, although we may have issues and we may not have it all together. What I love about God is he doesn't call people that are perfect, he calls people that are willing. He's just looking for willing vessels that, you know what, I got some baggage. I have things that I'm dealing with, but in spite of that, I wanna be used. I wanna be used as a difference maker. To be the salt of the earth means to be a person of spiritual influence. As I was studying for this message here, we believe that we're raising up spiritually influential people. Pastor Charlie has shared that vision from day one that he, his goal is for people to leave this place and be the most spiritually influential place. But I wanna tell you, it doesn't stop with the adults. It doesn't stop with small groups. But I believe we wanna raise up kids and students that are the most spiritually influential people in every school in Williamson County, in every school in Murray County. Can I just get an agreement in the room that we wanna raise up students that are spiritually influential. And so I told you a little bit about salt and what it does. Let me talk to you the important, about the importance of light. Light draws. You're driving in a neighborhood and all the lights are off, but all of a sudden you see somebody let the light on in one of the rooms and then all of a sudden you're driving and your attention goes right to that room. Why? Because light attracts. Light draws us. And the Bible says, I didn't put it on the screen, but John 6, says, for no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. And at the last day, I will raise them up. Light draws. Number two, light directs. We are more apt to follow the light than we are to follow a dark place. That's why when you're going downtown, I haven't been to Nashville enough to be able to talk about it, but I've went to New York City many times, Kim and I, on, on the, um, whatever that thing is that I get on the subway, and I, and I realize, actually, that's not the one I go on, it's Metro North anyways, um, and what I realize, you, you want to stay from the alleys, and you want to stay away from all the dark hallway, the dark areas, and, and behind the buildings, you want to stay away, why? Because you can't see what's back there, and a lot of things can happen back there and it's not safe. So you stay in Times Square. You stay where all the lights are. You stay where you can see light, why? Because light directs you into the path that was made perfect for you. But darkness is a place where you start wondering and you start getting anxious and you start getting depressed and you start feeling like you're alone. But students, I wanna tell you, follow the light. When he directs you, follow the light. But no, Pastor Ryan, my friends aren't going where they're follow the light but no, I'm gonna to have to look different, be different and follow the light. No matter what they say about you, because listen, you will get persecuted because Jesus did, but your reward will be far greater if you just follow the light. You just follow the light. Number three, light comforts. There's nothing like being in a room unless you go to bed in the dark, then that's another story. But in a room that's comforting, like right now as I'm talking, if the lights were completely dim and, and I couldn't see anybody and I was just talking to that back screen, it would be uh, not that comfortable for me and not that comforting to know that I'm talking to chairs. But because there is light in the room, I can see. And it's a comforting atmosphere. And so what the Lord is trying to say is that when you're around a comfort through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a comforter, that comfort should come into the environment and you should bring a comfort to your friends. That they're willing, and, and your coworkers, to where they're willing to share things with you that they wouldn't share with anyone else. Because they find in you a safe place, not because of you, but because of the God on the inside of you. 
And so like comforts, to be salt and light, there's a decision that has to be made to follow him. And when you're saying, God, I'm going to follow you, I'm going to go the path that you've called me, I'm going to stay the straight and narrow because you've called me, you have to know that opposition might come. You may lose certain friends and certain coworkers. You may lose influence on some people. What you don't realize is, I'd rather you be influential than be influenced for the wrong thing. And God's called you to be an influencer. And the best way you can influence is to follow him. John 8, 12 tells us this. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. John 12, 46 tells us this, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If you look at the message of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus, he didn't wait for people to come to a temple and then get up with a nice pulpit like this and share the word. No, he went to the streets. He went to where the broken people were. He went to where the hurting people were and he ministered and he was the light and they knew he was coming because there's a special light. He is the light. And when you live in the light, people will see a difference in you. I went to a Christian school, played on a soccer team in high school, and so, other than sports, we would go on Monday nights. I don't know why I remember this, because I don't remember what I ate yesterday, but on Monday nights, like, this was like 19 years ago, Monday nights, we would meet up, the soccer team, and we would play against another group of kids from another high school, just fun times, whatever. And I went to, I'm going to say it again, I went to a Christian school. But being at a Christian school doesn't mean that everybody is Christian. Sorry, guys, if you took your kids thinking that everybody was saved at their Christian school. I'm just not sure that that is the uh, accurate information. So we went and played soccer, and, and usually I would go as the boring little kid, and I would leave, and then they would go hang out, and I don't know, I didn't ask them what they did when I left. But one of the friends one time came to me and said, you want to know, you want no reason why I like hanging around you? You don't do what I do. You don't talk like I talk. You don't really like some of the things I like. But it's like when you're around us, Something is different. And it wasn't because I was a pastor's kid. It wasn't because I grew up in the faith. It's because I decided to be different. I'm gonna throw something out, and I don't even think I've shared this with you with young people, just for dating, and this is nowhere near the notes, but it just came to me, so I'm gonna say it. At 16, I made a conscious decision not to date anybody. And from 16 to 18, it was just me, sports, and church. And I realized that it was because of that I made that really hard commitment that it allowed me to not get involved in certain things and it allowed me to get involved in other things called church. And I, I didn't just love the church, but I love the God of the church. And so that's why I'm trying to get students to realize that just because everybody's going this direction doesn't mean that you have to. You can be the one that goes this way because eventually when you keep shining the light, people from this crowd is gonna start looking over there and saying there's something over there that I need. And on the inside of you, you're gonna start drawing people, coworkers, stop giving up on them. There is hope on the inside of them. I'm talking to the educators where you feel like you're pouring in and you just don't see the return. God is raising up a generation and he's using you Amen. to do it. Amen. So now we get into the practical stuff. What makes a difference maker? 
The first thing is that they have experienced the light. And that light we talk about is Jesus. Number two, they know who they are and whose they are. And number three, they know their purpose. You ever been around somebody, you just, you just know, they know who they are. They know what God's called them to do. And they're not willing to let anyone get them off of that track. I believe that through the next six months, as, as God's given vision for Buna and given vision for me, that we raise up a generation of difference makers that know who they are and what their purpose is, and nobody's gonna change their mind because they know who they are. And they don't need anyone else to tell them because they know who they are. 1 Peter 2.9 says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who have called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. When you know that you're a chosen people, when you know that you're a royal priesthood, when you know that you're a holy nation, when you know that you're God's special possession, when you know that you've been called to declare the praises of, of the Lord who got you out of darkness and brought you to a wonderful light, there's too much on your side that's against you for you not to stand out and make a difference even if no one else wants to go with you. He's called you to be a difference maker. But I'm also in the understanding that there's a battle that we fight even as adults in fear versus faith. Well, Pastor Ron, it's easy for you to preach to me and say I should be a difference maker, but you don't know the feelings I get when I get into school and it just seems like everybody is overwhelming and fear, there is a battle of fear versus faith. And fear likes to scream out, oh, someone else will do it. Or I don't really have what it takes. But what happens if I get rejected? What happens if coworkers stop talking to me because I, because I decide to activate faith? I risk losing the battle if I step out on a limb and try to talk to them about Jesus. What if I lose a friend because of it? When God plants seeds, whether you see it or not, it's always gonna grow something. And so although it looks to you that nothing has happened, you just walk away and see what God begins to do. Because then when they're going through something, they find the one that told them about the salt, but about the light. They find the one that, that showed them the love and showed them the peace and the joy that comes from the Spirit of God. And then you begin to see something grow in them. That's how you change schools. That's how you change workplaces. That's how you change homes. So fear says someone else will do it. I don't have what it takes. I will be rejected. I'm just losing the battle. But then faith can rise up within you and say, no, no, no. Philippians 4.13 says this. It says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And then I'm reminded that 2 Corinthians 12.9 tells us that his grace is sufficient for me. And his strength is made perfect in my weakness. I'm reminded that 1 Corinthians 15.57 says this. Through Christ we have the victory. And so something wells up within you to realize that you were never asked to do this alone. You were never asked to do this in your own strength, but the strength by the power of the Holy Spirit in you uses you and opens up doors for you to be a difference maker in this world. Imagine this with me. If you had a key that unlocked every door, I mean, there was no door known to man that this key couldn't open. Wouldn't you want to tell everybody wouldn't you want to tell somebody the excitement of knowing that you have a key that unlocks any door? There's no door that man can make that this key can't open. Well, can I tell you that you have a key? 
And his name is Jesus. And there's no sickness that he can't heal. There's no addiction that he can't deliver. There's no anxiety and depression that he can't use to restore and heal your mind. There's no life that's been too far away from him that he can't save by his blood and redeem. And I just want to tell you, when you believe in him, you've been given a key. And he's using you to unlock the doors. He's using you to unlock the doors. What I realized about the characteristic of a difference maker is that environments don't change difference makers. Difference makers change environments. Why? Because they're not walking in their own strength. They're not walking in their own knowledge. They're walking in the power of God. And that's what we've been called as Christians to do. Not to walk in our own power but to walk in Christ alone. Your school or workplace may seem like a dark place to shine light or be salt. But salt light, salt and light is what it is. Salt and light was made for that very reason, to change what it contacts. He's not asking you to go into places that already have it together. He's called us to places that need hope, that need joy, that need peace, that need salvation, that need love. And he's called you to be that difference maker. When Jesus says you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, you know what he's effectively saying? He's saying you're my plan for transforming this place. So imagine you're a part of that crowd at the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus looks beyond all the crowd and he points at you and he says you are my plan. You're not just a part of God's plan, but you are my plan to bring salvation to your loved ones. You are my plan to bring salvation to your school. You are my plan to bring salvation to the workplace. You are my plan. Because when I saved you and I redeemed you, you became my plan to bring salvation and revival and restoration and redemption to everywhere that you go. I try my best to tell you the why and the what of a difference maker. And maybe today you're asking, how do I live out being a difference maker in this life? There's four things. Stay different. If you act the same, even as adults, if we act the same and look the same and react the same, they're not gonna see something different in us. You were different when you got saved and you've been called to stay different. Number two is stay determined. Don't get caught up in what people think or what others are doing. And number three, stay devoted. You know what the enemy of devotion is? Distraction. And we all have distractions. Being a dad of three kids, we have distractions. Even in preparing messages, we have distractions. Even in doing life things, distractions come Here and there, distractions will come, but the way that you know you're a difference maker is your devotion doesn't go on the level of your distraction. Distractions do not change your posture. You're still devoted. You're still different. You're still determined to make a difference. And number four is that in order to be a difference maker, you gotta stay in the game. That's the big difference of fans and followers. Fans can holler from the sideline They can holler from their TV and never go to a game. 
But followers get in the game. Followers are involved. Followers follow. And I want to tell you that you got to stay in the game if you're going to make a difference. It's hard to be salt and light from the sideline. It's hard to be a difference maker from the sideline. He's given us a challenge today. Get in the game and stay in the game. No matter what you're going through, no matter what opposition comes your way, you can be effective if you stay in the game. I'm so glad I played sports so I could have sports analogies. <laughs> I remember as a soccer player, right? obviously that was my most favorite sport out of basketball and soccer because I talk about it every time I preach, but soccer was so fun. But I, I used to be so mad at my coach when he would say, Ryan, you got to get out for a second. But no, I've played 39 minutes. There's only 40 in the game. What do you mean I got to get out? There's one more minute in the game. No, get out of the game. Why? Because he was giving an opportunity for somebody else to be a difference maker. And what he's called us in this life is for us not just to hold it all to ourselves, but in return to make disciples and to, to make a difference so that others make a difference. And, and then you look around and you say, well, why in the world is my school on revival? It's because you made a difference and you decided to be a standout. You decided to make a difference, team. You can come on up. In this new school here, I encourage you and I challenge you to make a difference. Make a solid commitment to make a difference. And parents, I want to talk to you for a second. It's difficult raising up a difference maker in this generation. I got this feeling when, I, when Ethan went to middle school, I went, went with him on Wednesday and the Wednesday before and checked out the school and maybe I'm just a soft-hearted kid. I don't know what it was, but I said, oh man, my boy's growing up. But as a student pastor in this generation and knowing what our kids deal with, inside I wanted to cry. Because I said, Lord, no, my son really is growing up. He's gonna experience things and be exposed to things that he really wasn't exposed to in elementary school. And although things can happen in elementary school and, and things start progressing, but no, in middle school and high school, just walking in the hallway, I noticed things change. And being a student pastor and helping kids, middle school kids walk through life, I know that challenges will come. And when I was preparing this message, God started ministering to me that we have a mandate to raise up a difference maker, that the school's not gonna swallow up our kids, but that our kids are gonna take the school over. Because that's what happens when one light shows up and then another one gets light and then another one gets light. All of a sudden you look around, you can't find darkness because everybody's seen the light. And gateway, and, and gateway students and gateway kids, we're raising up difference makers. And I challenge you, don't stop at rejection. Don't stop at hurt. Don't stop at pain. Keep pressing and be a difference maker. Last year, I was so blessed. Yeah, we have a lot of students come to youth group, and that's awesome. But you know, I don't wake up every morning so that we can get more kids to the youth group. But I do wake up for this. Last year, one particular kid would text me throughout the year, but one time he takes me and said, Pastor Ryan, how do I witness? I have this kid that's going through something, and how do I share the word of God? How do I share the message of God? How do I share this light with him? I remember telling him, that, you know, points and just do this and love on him. Knowing that where this student was in their own spiritual walk, dealing with struggles and dealing with pain, in spite of that, they're saying, how can I witness to another kid? 
And then a month later, get a text saying, hey, guess what, Pastor Ryan? I prayed that kid and I prayed other kids to know Jesus and I walked him in the prayer of salvation. That's why I stand up here and that's why I do it on Wednesdays, not to get a lot of kids to the group, but to see a generation rise up and be the salt and be the light. You can stand to your feet in this room. In a few minutes, we'll pray prayers or blessing over the students, but I'm reminded of a story that Dr. Tony Evans shares. He shares a story of a newlywed couple that is on their way to their honeymoon. And the newlywed husband didn't see an oncoming van and he collided with the van head on and crashed into it. And they flipped over a ditch and he got knocked out for a few moments. He came to and looked over to his newlywed bride and saw that she was gushing in blood. And so he picks her up and to his fortune, he looked and saw a doctor. It said that doctors, the doctor built the office of Dr. Bill Jones. So he picks her up, he runs to that doctor's office, he bangs on the door, an older elderly gentleman opens up the door and says, how can I help you? He says, save her, she's dying. And he said, oh, I'm sorry. I've been out of practice for a long time. The young newlywed man looks at him and says, I'll give you two options. You either save my wife or take down your son. And that spoke to me that if we're going to be difference makers, if we're going to be Christians, if we're going to live out this thing called Christianity, we have two options. We either bring this message to a dying world, we either see revival, or we got to take down our sign. Because our sign should say that whoever comes and believes can be saved. Is it the sign that says there's hope, and there's freedom, and there's joy, and there's peace? He's called us to do what our sign says. And that's to be difference makers and to bring about hope. So real quick before we ask Pastor Charlie and Pastor Bruno to come, if you're in this place and you just say, Pastor Ryan, there's been opposition. It's been hard to stay focused. It's been hard to stay devoted. But I'm making a commitment to be a difference maker. I just want you to throw your hand up real quick. And corporately, I just want to pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for that decision that someone just made to commit new to being a difference maker. God, I know that there's opposition in this world, but God, I pray that you will raise up somebody in this place and hopefully everyone in this place that decides I want to be sought And I want to be light to everything I come in contact with. That I want to be a difference maker everywhere I go. I want environments to change everywhere I go. God, raise them up today. Encourage them and challenge them. That tomorrow's not the day, today's the day. In Jesus' name, amen. As Pastor Bruno and Pastor Charlie come and we pray over kids, students, and educators, I would ask that all the students, if you can, just make your way to the left side, and Bruna is going to pray for the kids on the right side so that we can get you guys all in here, hopefully. But we'd ask you just to make that step to come right now. If you're a kid or a student, you just come to the altar right now, and we're going to pray over you.
Before I pray, I just want to encourage every student and kid that just came up. Do you know that God doesn't look at ages to, to find out if you're a difference maker or not? Do you know that when you worship in kids on Sundays that you're making a difference? Do you know that even when you may not feel like anyone cares or that you're alone, do you know that you can make a difference and that God can use you? And I pray that at Gateway that God is raising up kids and students and parents and educators that will make a difference even if no one else is following them. So Father, I pray a special blessing over our students today. God, I pray that you will protect their minds so that they will think from the mindset of a son and daughter of the king. I ask that you give them a renewed strength to face every challenge that a school day brings. God, that you will use every hard place as an opportunity to strengthen their faith. I pray that you give them wisdom to understand every subject, project, and assignment with more clarity than ever before. I pray that you will expand their influence as a child of God amongst their peers. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will guide them and lead them as they navigate through this life so that they won't waver or falter from the purpose and the plan that you have established in them. And I pray that you give them courage and boldness to be salt and light to all those around them and that they will live out their faith as a difference maker. In Jesus' name, amen. Kids, every Sunday, we do one very special thing. It's our declaration. And it says, I declare. What's the first, first thing that we say? Can you say it out loud? And what? My Lord and Savior. We can't forget that. When we go into school this year, we can't forget that above everything else, we're children of God and He's our Lord and Savior. So when things get tough this year, we remember that as a good father that He is, He loves us and He takes care of us. The other important thing that we've been doing is our scripture. And we did it for VBS and we kept doing it. You know why? Because that scripture is going to speak into this year and it's Ephesians 2.10. Do you guys remember? Ephesians 2.10. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works for which God has prepared ahead of time for us to do. The good works that we talk about is what discipleship, remember, is witnessing, telling other people about the Lord. So when we go to school, we have a job to do. And it is to share the light and love of Jesus with our friends, with our teachers, with anyone that is in the, around the school, with our parents, with our family members. You were made with that purpose. Not just for that, but especially for that. So I pray right now, Lord, over these kids over here and over the ones that are watching at home today, over the ones that couldn't make it this morning, over the ones that are still on vacation, Lord. Lord, I just pray, Father, that they never forget who they are in you because they're your children, Lord, and you are their Lord and Savior. I pray, God, that you have your favor just resting upon them, Lord. I pray, Lord, that they have um, wisdom and discernment, Lord, in everything that they do. 
from my youngest ones, Lord, that are going to kindergarten to the oldest ones going to fifth grade, Lord. I just pray, Father, that your spirit continues to lead them all throughout this year. Father, that they don't forget who they are, that they are not shaken by what people will um, judge them for being Christians, for following you, God. But I just pray, Lord, that the foundation that has been planted, the seeds that have been planted will grow roots and they will be strong. That these kids will not be shaken by anything that the world throws at them in this school year but that they will continue, Lord, to follow your path and your direction. The Holy Spirit, you continue to guide them. Father, I pray, Lord, that in every subject, Lord, that they have understanding, that they have wisdom. Lord, in the hardest of the subjects, math, history, English, whatever it is, Lord, that you help them through. And God, that you show up in mighty ways every single morning for each of these kids. Lord, that they walk in your perfect plan that you have protection over their hearts and minds lord against any works of the enemy and i pray that lord they continue to love you father all the days of their lives but especially lord through the tough days and i pray that in jesus name and now i get the privilege to pray over um coaches, administrators, faculty, educators, um, moms and dads at homeschool. There's nowhere for you to go, so if you fit one of those categories, raise your hand for me. Cultural crossfire is the word that came to me. That's where you find yourself, in a cultural crossfire. It is a fight for this generation. And God has equipped you and called you and anointed you for that purpose. Regardless of the external pressure you may feel, may the power of the Holy Spirit rise up in you at a greater force than that being exhibited against you. When Paul finishes writing to the Galatians, he he teaches them a very important concept of sowing and reaping. So we will, we you will harvest what you sow. And when you work with kids, it is difficult to see that and measure that. Sometimes you don't see it to much longer. And he and he encourages us with these words: um, Do not grow weary in well doing, for in due season you will reap a reward if you don't give up. And so, Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ here in this room that are specifically called and anointed to pour themselves out into kids in this capacity. Lord, for those who walk in a public school system and they no longer know who supports them, Father, I know and let them know that we do, that we do. And Lord, we commit to pray for these men and women throughout the course of this semester that you may encourage them and, and, and fill them to overflowing with your spirit in order to do what they've been uh, educated and called to do. Lord, I pray for the homeschool parents. Lord, I pray that you would give them that supernatural gift, Lord, of education. 
Lord, that you would encourage them in the, the difficult time it is to break away from being mom or dad or teacher, coach, and, and how that fluid, how that just works back and forth so much. Lord, I thank you for all of these. And I pray that in this moment, Lord, they, they will leave encouraged, knowing that you're with them and you go before them. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. We hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. Again, to learn more about Gateway Franklin Church, find us online at gatewayfranklin.com. Thanks for joining us today.